It, man i'm so proud of you bro like i don't know who's helping you behind the scenes evan but you're literally a one man freaking seven nation army out there like seriously man like who do you have help behind the scenes is it just mostly contributors like i mean uh we have one employee and myself so a team of two but we have um you know a lot of people who work either part-time or contract or contribute their time just their project. And, um, you know, I think it's just like a really healthy uh, community of contributors. We have, you know, not everyone has to be contributing every release, but we have people who step up and who really love the project. And, um, you know, they just see the vision and they want to help push Bitcoin and lightning adoption further. So, uh, you know, we're, we're really blessed, but we also put a lot of work into it. And, uh, you know, I, I think it shows with each release, all the new features we try to ship and get into people's hands. Um, yeah, it's it's just amazing to be able to work on it full time now, especially it just being a FOSS project, it being a evenings and weekends sort of thing. To be able to just wake up and focus on it is just an incredible blessing, really. It's not to say there aren't challenges to it. Um, it's incredibly challenging. Um, you know, that's compounded by the market conditions, you know, like the last few years and the bear market has been rough uh, for sure. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I wouldn't have it any other way. It'd be boring if everything was just figured out and just easy. So just trying to solve some really big problems just being acutely aware of where we are and, and where we're trying to get. Um, and, and also just listening to users, not just existing users of Zeus, uh, but, you know, Bitcoiners in general and what they're looking for. But, you know, also just regular people and trying to figure out 
how we can improve their lives, even if they haven't improved, they haven't interacted or used Bitcoin yet. Um, you know, that's another thing that we've been thinking about a lot more uh, recently and just trying to figure out these use cases that are really going to shine. Yeah, it's it's pretty impressive, man. Like um, you're somebody who I have personally, you know, asked for advice just on my own stuff. And you've been so helpful to some of the other guys here in the lab. Super. We have a lot of mutual friends and stuff. So just have a lot of respect for you, Evan. Um, yeah. Appreciate it, man. You guys moved to a new studio, huh? A yeah, new uh, office space? <laughs> Try to, you know, I'm trying to cut revenue or not revenue. I'm trying to cut operation expense, man. It's, this this was saved us 30%. So. Wow. That's massive. Yeah. Yeah. I got to check out the new space, come hang out, yeah. do some hacking. Um, I'm sure I'll make it down to Austin sometime again soon. So many friends down there. Yeah. So I want to, I want to talk to you about the, you know, I do all these founder podcasts and I, I, just want to know what you know, like for lack of, like to be completely honest, like I want to harbor all your information and <laughs> download it into my brain. And there's other people that are listening, Only. other founders that listen to this podcast. And what, what's, what was some good advice that you got early on? Cause you are somebody who probably has done it the right way. It was totally grassroots FOSS for a really long time. You, you were out there, you were working for lightning labs. I know you've had something to do with the Kraken rollout with lightning. I don't know if that's true or that's just like, you know, this hero's journey, but so you, you've definitely had your hand in a lot of these kind of slow and steady rollouts when it comes with lightning. Um, I mean, the app is called Zeus, right? Like there's, there's a reason Evan is Evan in the space and other people look to you as that guy is, is, was there somebody that told you early on that this is the right way to do it, Evan, or is that just something that's built in with you as a person? Cause it, it, to me, it seems like the right path to, to do. Well, uh, well, that's a really loaded one for sure. Um, it's, it's hard to give out like, I guess like specific advice to anyone who's trying to make something happen, trying to put a startup together. I think there's just so many different factors and everyone's, situation is just so distinctly like different uh and everyone is dealt a different hand right um so naturally like there's not gonna ever be like one size fits all advice um but you know i along the way I, i've just embraced that you know my journey and, and zeus's journey is going to be distinct from anyone else's and you know, to try to just emulate or follow anyone else's path was never really going to be the way that it like shook out or, or at least was never going to be the way to find success. So, you know, I, I still find myself grappling, you know, frequently, uh, you know, what direction we're going to go down, what the next move is going to be. And, um, you know, I, 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 th I think you alluded to it early. Like I, I like the slow burn. I, I like doing things slowly, but the right way, not rushing into anything. And um, there's a lot of challenges in that, in that it's sort of, uh, sort of goes against like the typical, you know, building a company VC mentality where everyone's like, okay, raise, 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 grow, 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 ship, 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 right? And I agree, like you need to try a lot of different things. 
and you need to ship quickly. You need to fail fast. Um, but this idea that, you know, you should just like grow beyond your, your beans, like growth at, at any like cost is just not something that's, um, you know, I want to embody. And, uh, it's a real heartbreaker when you hear about all these great people working at these Bitcoin companies, growing really big, taking a lot of money on in the bull market, but then to see it like all fall apart and they have to reorder their house of cards and raise more money, lower valuation, do a down round. Like it just seems like a nightmare. And uh, I wouldn't want to do that to myself or I wouldn't want to do that to people I employ. Um, but you know, there, there's definitely a lot of trade-offs with, with every choice you make. Um, but yeah, I'm trying to like build something here slowly. That's going to last. Um, and you know, and just not hop at every opportunity that's dangled in front of us, but rather to like reflect and build things the right way for us. Um, <laughs> some things we do might look crazy from the outside. Um, but you know, for our situation, what we're trying to do, um, you know, I, I think we've, we've done a lot and shipped a lot already with like really small team and, and limited resources. And, uh, you know, I, I think, uh, I think this sort of cadence is, is going to continue for a bit, you know, at least until, uh, we find some sort of crazy market fit. Yeah. So I want to talk more about that process because right now I'm kind of a solo founder, even though I started with some co-founders, a lot of those uh -huh. ideas are having to come from, you know, internally at the lab or, you know, with Teresa and all that stuff. So I know I have a process of how I think through things. You also being a solo founder, how do you, how do you, how do you, how do you know the right path? Is it more instinct? Do you look at data? Like, is there truth in numbers? Like, what is it that allows you to understand where Zeus is supposed to be headed? Uh, not only for the long term, but at least here in the next short term, right? Like, how do you think through that process just in your head? Or am I making sense? I don't know if I'm making sense or not. No, I mean, it makes total sense. Um, so, yeah, I think it is multiple things. Um, you know, obviously, I think we have our values and we have our hard lines, which those are the things that you never want to like cave into or, or concede, um, you know, then you have your things that you have to be more flexible on if you're going to change direction or what other product offerings you'd be open to having. And, uh, you know, uh, things on that side are, are definitely very difficult in this space where you have a lot of purists, you know, you have a lot of flav uh, <laughs> flag waving, and people taking sides on issues. Um, and, you know, every, every founder I think needs to find their balance between, okay, um, you know, I need to be pragmatic so that I have a product that people are gonna use. I, I wanna have a, a company that has this flow of sats or whatever coming in so that I could make it sustainable and, you know, have provide for my employees. Um, but yeah, I, I also think that that data is huge and, and you need to be tracking your analytics. You have to have KPIs. Um, you got to see 
how your adoption is doing and how fast you're growing. So you can make these projections or realize if you have to pivot to, you know, other offerings. Um, but you know, I, I also like to talk to users a lot. Um, you know, it, it's no uh, mystery or, or secret rather that, you know, I do a lot of, um, you know, troubleshooting with users. Like I like to talk to them directly and I think that helps us identify where our pain points are in our product and, in our technology stack. Um, but yeah, I mean, despite having all these data points, you're never going to have the full picture. You got to sort of skate to where the puck is going. And, uh, you know, your intuition is a huge part of that. Um, and, and it's hard, especially in this space where, you know, uh, people get excited about certain trends and hop on sort of, different technologies and you start thinking about how you could possibly incorporate them. Um, but you know, you need to realize also if it's a fit for you, if it makes sense, or if you're just chasing the latest shiny thing. And, um, you know, I, I think that just goes back into like building slowly and, and trying to make the right decisions and, uh, not trying to, you know, just make the fiat decision, let's say, and, and chase the shiny thing and, and do what everyone else is doing. Uh, it's difficult. Yeah, I want to talk more about that. And, and we definitely will dive into that uh, a little bit later. But I want to keep going down this founder, this founder rabbit hole for a second. Because I dude, I when I look at you, I'm just like fascinated by how you're just so stoic out there, bro. Like for lack of a better word, I don't know what it is, but it's really hard to get to, to get Evan off of his one thing that he's going to do. And you're not going to like me, I'm very flexible with people. I'm just like, yeah, yeah, I'll make it work. And I'll just try to please everybody. Like that's probably my biggest flaw and greatest strength, whatever. But you is just like, no, this is what I'm doing. This is what I'm going to do. And I'm going to have conviction behind it. And I'm just going to keep going that direction. Can you talk about that? Can you talk about what gives you conviction and why you know what you're doing is the right process, the right steps? Um, so conviction is huge in this space. And I think that founders need to have conviction over what they're going to do. And the moment that that founder loses that conviction, I think your company is essentially cooked. So if you don't believe it yourself as the ship captain, where you're trying to go and, and take the ship, then who's going to step on that boat? Honestly, right? Um, so the second that you lose that spark as a founder, you need to find it again with something else and you got to change direction on your ship right away. So yeah, conviction is a driver and, you know, it's not the only thing required. You need that sweat and, and, and blood and, and, you know, um, at least some adversity to go up against. Um, but you know, without it, you're, you're absolutely, uh, cooked. Um, what was the second part to that question beyond it, conviction? It, it, oh, what, what keeps me convicted? Just looking at Fiat world and, and just seeing all the problems people have today with not just like the Fiat bullshit system where people are just 
you know, suffering from all this crazy inflation and all this government intervention, just the actions of these central actors uh, doing more and more planning. And as they do that, planning for the individual becomes more and more impossible. Um, But, you know, also seeing the pitfalls of, uh, you know, custodial solutions in our space as they deal with, you know, jurisdictional problems and, and, you know, all sorts of uh, threats on that level. Um, You know, you just never want to be in a situation where your user wakes up and they're like, okay, we can't access our funds anymore. You know, that's a nightmare scenario. So like if we build these stacks where people are using the sound money, right? Which, um, you know, we know why it's great. Like the 21 million cap, you know, countering inflation, having this store of value that we could safely, you know, store the fruits of our labor. And that's amazing. But if we're just recreating these systems in which people can get rugged and, you know, lose that, um, then, you know, what is the purpose? So I, I think there's like a lot of self-reflection happening. Um, especially as Bitcoin is increasingly pressed up against the legacy financial system, you know, especially with the ETS now. And we know, yeah, this was all done by court order. Essentially they were dragging their feet the whole way. They're still not embracing it. You know, there's still room for all these shenanigans. Um, But I just think like now is a great time for us to think and reflect about like what success for Bitcoin looks like and it's so distinctly different for you know everyone in in the space like there's all these different factions where they're like fuck it i think bitcoin has already succeeded um you know i can use it for you know storing my wealth after i go to the fiat mines i could dump it into bitcoin and put into cold storage and i'm good and i consider that a success um, but does that person, do they have the ability to, to spend it every day? Are, are they in like a circular economy? Mm, in some, most cases, no. Um, and a lot of people wouldn't consider it a success until, you know, most people have that. And, uh, you know, really it comes down to whether you believe that Bitcoin and lightning or whatever else we built on top of L1 um, is going to be like usable or practical to use as like an everyday spending solution. And there are so many people out there in the space where uh, that really don't want that car. They're, know, ju- they're just okay with, I know, dude. you know, sh- shiny rock. Will we have this place now where we can just, park this asset and, and just leave it there and we're good. And people are, are really afraid of, I guess, you know, um, just disrupting the, the financial system at, at a larger scale um, and, and, and displacing the existing tools that make up these systems of commerce today. And I want people to know that we shouldn't be afraid of disrupting these things. We, we need to know that 
this is essentially not going to be a success unless we can disrupt that too. And unless we can get to that point, then I'll consider Bitcoin a failure. Yeah, dude. Um, I think, I think there's just what you said earlier about there, there's these group of, like everybody's so, everybody has the end goal for Bitcoin in mind in their own heads and what they want it to be. Even some other founders who I talk to, you know, maybe that's something completely different. And I'm just looking at them and just thinking like, that's not what I'm trying to do. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah, that's okay. I, I know exactly <laughs> what you mean. And that's okay. But to me, it's like, let's not lie to ourselves here. Like, like, I think one of the biggest things, you know, I, I do the Stacker News show every week and we cover a lot of the news and, 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 and when I see, and I read these posts and see these things, it's just like, they're, no one's being honest about what we're actually trying to do here. Like, are we just trying to take over as kingmakers of the world or are we literally trying to disrupt <laughs> the system from, from this fiat? Are we at peak fiat? I mean, I don't know, but it, it just seems like there's just this overwhelming majority these days. And I didn't see this last cycle. Well, this cycle, I definitely see an overwhelming majority of people just like, no, we're good. Let's just, let's just play ball. Can we just play ball with you? Like, yeah, yeah. People don't want to take on any more added risk or or they lack conviction. Maybe that's it, Car. I think a lot of people lack conviction. A lot of people are also uh, just keen to settle. They're like, okay, this use case works. It's not worth exploring. Other are, are they keen to settle because they, they've made enough in Bitcoin? Is that why they're keen I, to I settle? I think a, a lot of people think like that or they at least think they're positioned well enough that, you know, from here on out, it'll be okay enough. I'm not yeah. okay with that. <laughs> like, there's, I mean, there's no, a lot me neither. I mean, listen, a, there, if, I mean, if, I, we, if we have Bitcoin, right, we have this asset, but you know, people are accessing it mostly through these trusted third party custodians. Uh, I don't think anything is going to fundamentally change in the world, the way it operates. Right. Like, uh, as long as we still have these third parties and, you know, they're unaudited and they can essentially issue more of this paper Bitcoin up, then does anything change with how the economy works or, or how the world works or, or how war financing works? Like, those are the issues that like, I ultimately care about at the end of the day. Yeah, And, I'm, I'm, and like, yeah. I, I think we'd be really remiss to give up this opportunity where we have the, the, uh, this potential to change the world for the better and, and leave a better world for, you know, our, our successors. And, um, yeah, there's just so much ugliness in the world. We're not going to solve it all, but we have the opportunity to shore up, to, to set things right. Um, with the money. Right. Let's jump into wallets. Now I think we've, I think we've covered enough there. Um, <laughs> let's, let's get really get into it. Cause there's other wallets in the space. You know who they are. We all know who they are. What, oh, yeah. what's, um, how is Zeus positioning itself to, I'm not going to say like, I mean, no, no one's, we're not really in a competition here, but like what, if I, I look at more like we're on a golf course, right? Maybe, maybe, maybe you hit the birdie this time, but you know, there, we still got another 17 round, 17 holes to go. Um, what, what is, what is, how, how does Zeus want to stand out amongst all these wallets that are out there? 
So Zeus, I think, I think with the exception of maybe two other wallets, like Zeus gives you an unparalleled level of control. And obviously there's a lot of challenges there, especially when you want to reach a wide audience and make something just easy and simple to use. But again, um, you know, we want to make software that ultimately cannot be used against the users. I think it really stems from privacy first mindset and trying to build things the right way. Um, but you know, there's a huge set of trade-offs with that. The user experience for Zeus still needs a lot of work. I can proudly say like, we are the most private lightning wallet. Um, if you use it the right way, if you either use the embedded node or you connect your own remote node, um, yeah, if you use it like that, Zeus is absolutely most private lightning wallet on the market right now. Um, but we have so much work to do to that is more accessible. Um, I know Anita Posh put out another review of yeah, just that was great. lightning wallets in rural Zimbabwe, I believe. And uh, we basically flunked the test on that level. It's just very data intensive uh, or bandwidth intensive. Um to get an embedded node Zeus wallet all synced up, to be able to sync to the blockchain, at least get the headers you need, to be able to get the graph data, like it, it doesn't work out there. But the trade-off is that people essentially are, are trusting these third parties with their data. They are relying on them to fetch block data. And you know the operators of these services they now have logs of what your ip is what time you accessed it which addresses you queried and uh you know that that's a lot of dangerous information and that can be used against users so how do we build things in a way in which you have you know smart defaults you very clearly define these trade-offs to users which is probably the, the biggest challenge in this space, just education. So I tip my hat to all the educators working on that front. And, you know, I, I just sit back and I realize like how many hours and hours, like almost in a lot of cases, thanklessly to just inform users. But, um, but yeah, getting back on track, like how, how do we create these smart defaults uh, that are private, but, allow users that might not have the same resources in terms of connectivity or bandwidth to be able to opt out, understand the trade-offs that they're making and still um, accept or, or, or still benefit from most of the other benefits of, of, of the wallet and how we've designed it. So that's going to definitely be one of the huge focuses this year is how do we make this more accessible, more usable, less bandwidth intensive while still conveying all of the trade-offs to the user. It's, it's hard, but I'm really optimistic about some of the progress that, you know, it's not just me or the Zeus team that's working on it, but you know, many open source contributors are acutely aware of these issues and are working to make them better. And we're just grateful that we've developed a, a stack that has an ecosystem of many, many contributors and it extends far beyond the Zeus team. 
And uh, yeah, we, we just want to make sure that we keep shipping great products. Uh, the people that are working on that stuff below us in the ecosystem or, or above it, depending on how you're looking at it, um, can be happy with, you know, what, what they're helping enable and what use cases they're helping enable. Like, and this, this might be a, and uh, maybe it's just on my side, this might be like a, just a dumbass thing to say, but is it wrong to say they just need better internet out there? Like I could just be, you know, well, you know, maybe that would first and me. foremost be the best solution, right? Because you'd be able to use our solution as is without the privacy trade-offs. Um, so yeah, that would be helpful, of course. Um, but you know, we, we still need to have some wiggle room for people who are not going to have it. Uh, who knows when Zimbabwe is going to get 4G, 5G levels of network access. Uh, and in the meantime, you know, like those people still deserve to have a great Bitcoin payments experience. They still deserve to have great payment privacy. Um, and, uh, you know, we know what the bottlenecks are and, and what the issues are, at least with our product stack. Um, and I'm confident that, um, you know, as, as Anita continues to do these tests over the years, as I hope she, she does, because I think it's great. I think it's informative. Uh, definitely also lights a fire under our asses. I, I think that as time goes on, uh, those results are going to change pretty drastically. And it's going to be interesting to see how new players come in and do and how the incumbents handle everything. Um, it's fascinating. But I think it's just so important because it, it is people in those developing nations, right, that need Bitcoin more than anyone, right? Like in the United States, who really needs Bitcoin as a payment solution when you have Venmo, Cash App, PayPal, Zelle, um, right. countless card options. But, you know, someplace like Zimbabwe, who has had historically bad inflation, right? Um, and probably doesn't have as many banking options could really make a huge difference in those people's lives. So I totally see what you're saying. Like, oh yeah, they just need better internet, but. Yeah, it's just me being a dumbass. <laughs> being a first world yeah. dumbass. Well, I mean, who knows? Maybe Bitcoin will incentivize maybe the creation they, maybe they of need, uh, like, other better things networks out there. Yeah, maybe they need other things before internet. You know, I don't know. I've never been out there, but. Um, yeah, for so, sure. Sometimes I mean, I'm afraid of that. Sometimes I'm, and that's why I just, just real quick, just to, to answer to what you were just saying, like, bless your heart, man, for wanting to do that. Like, especially trying to keep them in a self-sovereign way of doing it, knowing that you're going to take a hit on some of these things. Bless your heart on yeah. that. But I, I will say like, sometimes we don't ask ourselves just as humans, like, do they need other things before we get them Bitcoin and some of these other things? Like, that's just me being a Christian. Just saying like, do they need other things first? Like, have we oh, yeah. explored I'm, that? I'm sure. Uh, and I, I would hope some of these people that are going out there and onboarding them, also help them in those other respects. Or maybe this is a part of that. Maybe it's just fix the money, fix the world type of thing. But um, who knows? I don't know what I'm talking about. So let's 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 jump on the other the next thing though, the, the wallet stuff. You're obviously building this from like a there's a POS now, right? Like that you Indeed. <laughs> yeah. So we just shipped version 0.8.1. Dude, is that is that running at PubKey? Like like how is that how is that like yeah, how is that going? Okay, so at PubKey, we initially built the point of sale out to be a integration with Square. 
So you would get a square API key, you'd plug everything in, and you'd actually be able to kick an order out to the Zeus point of sale. Um, you know, you just like close it out with a memo that says Bitcoin, BTC, Zeus, something like that. And the order would then show up on the point of sale portion of the Zeus app. Uh, but PubKey has recently gone off of Square. I think they've uh, got set up on Toast or, or something similar. And uh, they've just been using it from the keypad view. So they haven't even been using the new point of sale. Um, we're going to see if they want to manage their products through it. Um, but yeah, we've, we've just got a lot of demand for people to accept Bitcoin, to help manage their products, to do their pricing in the app. And we've shipped a solution now where you could set up app or product categories, set up products and price them in either Bitcoin or your local fiat currency. And just like a very intuitive uh, page to ring everything up, to enter in items of custom amounts if you haven't put them in the system yet. And it's just simple and it works. Um, so we literally just shipped it yesterday. Uh, we've had some really interesting discussion with, you know, small business owners and medium sized business owners that are really eager to accept Bitcoin. And we think that we have most of the solution figured out. And I think the last real question marks for these owners are, you know, just really dealing with the accounting. And I think that's like the biggest burden for people now, at least in the West, at least people in the United States that I've talked to, they're going to be like, oh, okay. So I just installed this software's free, you know? Okay. I might have some fees that are, you know, at least less than visa to accept these payments. That's all fun and dandy. But then the second they're like, oh crap, well, what do I do about taxes? Um, that's probably the biggest encumbrance. So we're thinking about that. We're trying to, uh, you know, use some of our experience that we're now having as we have to, you know, file taxes properly. And we paid a lot of contractors in Bitcoin and we're just going through all the hopes, the hops of, oh, what's your cost basis? So what did you sell it at? And just realizing like, this sucks. Yes. This is eating up my time. <laughs> I refuse to talk about it publicly. It's it's a it's just a can of worms, man. Uh, it's oh it's yeah. There's worms. like so many gotchas, and you know, I'm I'm sure if the IRS wanted, they can poke holes at anyone's way of, of filing things. It, it's so difficult and ambiguous, and uh, think, there's a lack of clarity. I think if you're honest. Uh, as far as like you reporting this stuff, I think there's probably room there for, you know, some misgivings, if that's the right word. <laughs> oh, I mean, so, yeah. Um, it's tough. Obviously man. you, obviously you want to try to put forward your, your yeah. like best effort, but um, yeah, there's just so many challenges in doing it. I really don't fault anyone. Um, but yeah, I, I think this is like the biggest thing holding back adoption. Uh, in the West. Um, so changes to the tax code would really go a long way. Um, but yeah, we also need to also develop like better um, like tax calculation um, solutions. Um, so yeah, a lot of work to do on that front. But we're really happy with what we've shipped already. And the ease of use that is just add another item to your inventory create a new set of products, just like easily 
Yeah, dude. Get people set up and, and checked out and just easily accept payments over Lightning or on chain. You um, have you have me itching. Like I need to set this up. Like right now, we're just running this thing up front, but I need to do the whole Zeus POS. Like I'm gonna, but if I do it, I want to do like a write up too on Thriller as well, just so that way I can have some like proof of work for other people if they want to do their own thing too. So that's my yeah, goal absolutely. at some point here in the next couple of weeks is just to find a couple hours to do all this and then like you know, write it out. So that way other people can kind of do it too as well. Uh, that was why I wanted to have you on also was to pick your brain on that. <laughs> so, cause, cause one of the things is to like do the POS thing. And then we already have like Zeus running and we have like a voltage node and all that stuff. So it's going to be nice. cool. Like be able to um, do everything that way. Can you talk, can you talk a little bit about Olympus and, and a little bit about how that's going to fit in this kind of all this kind of framework and stuff like that? Yeah, sure thing. So, it's just so crazy and amazing to see all the different ways that people use Zeus. And it's, it's a little funny right now because not all of them drive revenue to the company, at least not yet. You know, there's people who just go ahead and connect to like a custodial solution, like a bank, like a uh, Albi or, or something or something similar. Um, We've now got the bulk of our users now running the embedded node. So once we shipped that, we saw our user count go uh, pretty crazily, like two or three X somewhere in that ballpark. Uh, and I think that's going to continue to drastically grow. I think by year end, it might be like five to one. Um, and then, of course, we have the original users that we catered to, the power users running their own nodes. A Raspi, Blitz, uh, Umbrel, Start9, or maybe a Voltage node. And it's just amazing to have the flexibility um, between all these solutions, really. Like you could have any of these backends, basically, and still use the point of sale. Yeah. So, like, just having this flexibility in our solution is just really cool. And, and just being able to be like, oh, yeah, well, yeah, my node at home died. I, I switched over to voltage or, or I'm switching over to the embedded node. Like that's like a really good feeling, especially when we have everyone's accounting for them. Like it's all the same. Like you're not going to have any issues with that. Um, but the issue right now is the LSP is only works with the embedded node. So the main focus for the next release, is hopefully probably going to be version 0.8.2 is to make sure that our remote node users, at least the ones on LND right now, are able to reap the benefits of the LSP. So what's this gonna mean? You go and you set up a node in the cloud or at home with a spare computer or Raspberry Pi. You get it set up and synced up. You connect your Zeus to it. And instead of having to go out and curate your own individual channels, which you're, you're always going to have the option to do, right? Um, if you don't want to go through that headache, you're going to be able to just use Zeus's LSP Olympus, get your first channel, and just go off to the races and sort of enjoy the benefits of having the full node, of being able to do routing, of being able to just have the always online availability of it. But have the LSP start off with the heavy lifting, at least to start with for you. Nice. So we're really excited about that. Obviously, our user base is shifting now with the embedded node, but 
we never want to forget where we came from. And honestly, like running the whole full node remotely is, I think almost always going to be a, a superior experience, like minus the, the maintenance of it. So if we can help <laughs> decrease like the burn of, of maintaining it and, and finding this extra revenue stream for us, like it's in a very ex exciting prospect, I think. So we want to try to keep getting parity on features along as many different uh, setups and implementations as we can. That's great, dude. I, I love the approach that you're taking because it's completely different than everybody else. Completely <laughs> yeah, different. It's like, it's, and, and it's, it's always boring car. Like yeah. everyone's like, oh, our VC told us we need a moat. So how do we lock everyone in our garden so they keep coming oh back? It's like, no, like you guys have missed the point. Like this is interoperable payment rails. This is freedom money. And we believe that if we provide a quality product and we become like a name brand in the space, people are going to inherently come back to us. Even if we show them the door and say, hey, go ahead, go and take your data, go and take your funds, go and take your channels, go somewhere else. We don't care. You're going to always know us and we're going to be a top shelf product in the space. And, you know, VCs hate hearing that. <laughs> they, it sort of fries their, their thinking. You could see their circuits short circuit, right? But that's the way that we're building things. And, and that's part of, you know, our, our core values. So we're going to keep going that direction. And, try to lean into that as much as we can. You know, one of the things that I think you've done really, really well, and you probably haven't spent much on much time on it or even much time thinking about it, Evan is branding and just like the <laughs> grassroots look of Zeus. You got it at PubKey. Like I'm yeah. going to put it here at Plub Lab. You understand hubs. <laughs> you understand traffic flow. You understand first user advantage. Like people are going to see that. You know who else is doing that? Zamprite is doing that. Like Zaprite oh, is yeah. literally Zaprite hitting up. Is such a fantastic product. They're hitting up every single hub trying to get them onboarded as Zaprite, us included. Right. And that's, I don't know if you are aware of that, what you're doing. You're probably not aware of it. I think that's just who you are. Cause you, you, you I'm just, just at, I'm just at the, the faucet, the, the hubs. Yeah, dude. For right now, well, you know, but like I, who passes I, I, through I, there and then sees a big old Zeus kiosk thing there. Right. Like, the brand is distinct. It stands out. I mean, look at Nifty. She has like a big old Base 58 logo. So every time we do our workshops, all you see is Base 58. That's good branding instinct. That's good instinct. Do it. Yeah, it's fantastic. I love that kind of stuff. That's what I'm trying to say. I think as Bitcoiners, we all need to support each other in some way. And if I could throw up a Zeus Kia or a Zeus POS and it helps Evan onboard the next 20, 30, 40 people that come through the lab in a week, so be it. But, uh, dude, you know how many you know much traffic it, flip, you know much traffic flow you're getting from that pub key POS? Like it, it is, it is something else. And you know, it, it honestly is still hell. It we're like what we are about a year and three. So we're like 15 months in, right? Everybody and in New York knows there, who Zeus is though. Yeah. And New York. So like, <laughs> Hey man, it was like last Thanksgiving and I'm yeah. like, Oh, I got to pop into the Bitcoiner bar <laughs> and I'm like, all right, cool. Hanging out. I like the vibes, the yeah. lighting, the atmosphere is good. I'm like chatting with the bartender, Frankie, who I got to know <laughs> uh, quite well over the last year and change. And I'm like, this is great. Got my beer and shot. I got a hot dog. It's delicious. <laughs> Let me pay in Bitcoin. And she's like, uh, 
about that. That's that's not running right now. Uh, so you know, right. I talked to the owners. I talked to Thomas again. Like I'd met him originally in Nashville. Uh, I realized my buddy Drew, who you know I got to know very well through hanging out at uh, Bitcoin. Uh, excuse me, uh, BitDevs NYC, and, and just Drew just spelled out like how the operation worked, what the issues were, what they tried to achieve. And, nice. you know, we came back two weeks later and we tried it out. We hit a couple of issues, came back another week later. And from there, like the, the point of sale was pretty much, you know, um, left as is but besides like a couple of minor enhancements. And we're really proud of, of what we've done there. And, and they've been just like dream partners. That's awesome. Um, you know, just very supportive, just always giving us shout outs, making our branding very prominent in the bar. But, um, you know, it's, it's just awesome to, to have the opportunity. Uh, like I said, it's like a, it's like a dream collaboration. And, um, it seems like they're also doing things right, like hiring the right people and trying to grow at the right rate. So hopefully that can continue for some years to come. But, you know, for me, car is just like trying to meet people in person, look them in the shake their hands like just try to get aligned with people who have the same values as you that's awesome and um (laughs) yeah it's it's just crazy to see the bar doing so well like not only is it a bitcoin bar you can pay in bitcoin and and i got sidetracked but like it's still amazing 15 months later when you see people's eyes just light up when the payment happens you know I, i think it's like two perspectives like the normies the, like the nyu college students that go in and they're drinking a beer on a friday night and someone pays and they're like what's that what's going on and just like the joy i get like hearing that convo spin up or being like oh yeah that's that's, that's bitcoin that's yeah. the lightning network that payment cleared instantly you know bitcoin is, is not slow it's fast it's almost instantaneous that's amazing. And just also seeing the, the joy in people's eyes when they make the payment and it goes through and they're like, Oh, this is the Bitcoin bar. Not only are we here and talking about, it, and there's a lot of Bitcoiners here. It's like, Oh, we're using it. We're putting it to practice. Like it, it's still an, an amazing feeling. And I'm hoping that we can replicate that in a lot of other places and we could get more people adopting it and we could continue to build these circular economies. Yeah, dude. So I think that's that, definitely a huge part of the goal. I think the POS was just brilliant move on your part. Yeah. Because <laughs> it, it's, I don't know, is that very difficult to build? Is is a POS very difficult to build? Just uh, so with Zeus, we just had so many parts of the foundation that's been easy to, to build on. Like, like we hit a lot of interesting challenges, like, like the Square API was very open in a lot of ways but also designed in like a very weird way that it's not super intuitive to go from square terminal to Zeus. Um, but you know, once the basis of that was done that we had, okay, this is how the orders are wired up. Here's the interface. Here's how we do the accounting. Mm-hmm. It was somewhat trivial to make the standalone stuff. Happen. And listen, we got a lot of help. We got our buddy Talej, um, who was the developer of this, web point of sale called volt pay like he really took the standalone initiative and did the bulk of the work for it but we like to think that we're building things the right way like very mindful of the potential for so many other things to be built on top 
of what we've done so far and just trying to be very mindful as we build it out and extend it to make sure that developers can come in and everything is very readable and accessible, but that they could also extend it uh, with ease. So still a lot to do. Always. There's so, there's so much more we can still do. Like <laughs> we don't have receipts yet. Like receipts hopefully comes in the next build. We don't have barcode scanning yet. Hopefully that comes later this year. Um, and of course, like I detailed earlier, like there's still a lot of people having issues with the accounting, but I think that's going to be something else that we try to help address uh, too. And um, yeah, like I said, Kyle, like I'm, I'm in it for the payments. I believe that Bitcoin is going to be people's primary means of exchange. And uh, there's a whole lot of hurdles that we have to clear to get it there. But damn, am I optimistic? Like, dude, you're building the foundations, dude. That's that's what it is. <laughs> and and Zeus is a long time coming, man. Like, come on, like it's a long time coming. You've been pouring this your baby. You've been, you know, just first, you know, getting it getting it going on the weekends, like you said. And then now where it's at, it's just, it's its own little startup. And then now you're doing the POS. You're you're giving it more opportunity to grow. Um, and who, who yeah. I already know you have other things planned, right? Like, dude, that's what I'm saying. Like it's slow and steady, Evan. You're getting it, dude. You're going to, you're going to have all these cool features, all these things that can, that it's in this Zeus kind of ecosystem. And then at some point we're going to look back yeah. and be like, how the hell did he do that? It's going to be like, oh, <laughs> I get it. Yeah. Now. It's going to be like, well, to- you know, he spent 10 years doing it to get to where it's at. Um, yeah, man. But, but yeah, it's, it's nothing is, is certain. Um, but you know, we're willing to wake up every day, um, and, and just put our heads down and then build. And we know it has a great chance at failing. Um, you know, we might maybe Bitcoin or, or lightning or, or Bitcoin as payments fails. Maybe someone else ends up being, you know, the victor in that space, or maybe we have very small market share, or maybe we go butt up, but I think this is something worth fighting for. And this is something I have very strong convictions about. And I don't see why this can't be the way that people transact. Um, And, you know, I got to reconcile that with being up so close to it and being able to see all the warts both in our code and our product, but also the software that we depend on and also the realities of the the real world where we have all these adoption problems. But I sure am am very encouraged by the way things are going. Yeah, dude, bullish. Let's, uh, let's, I don't want to take up too much of your time. So just want to, I want to jump into the L2 stuff that's taking the world by storm, Evan. All, all L2, what, which L2s? We got a lot to so talk many. about. There's so many. What, where, do you, where do you come on this side, Evan? I mean, you don't have to answer this if you don't want to. I, I don't want to get you in like a quarrel or whatever, but like, <laughs> no, seriously. Yeah, like well, uh, so, you know, you know me, Car. You know, I like to wear my heart Everybody's such a fucking lightning sleeve. bear these uh, days, dude. Like, when did we start becoming lightning bears? Like, what's going on, man? Like, um, well, seriously, I, like, I what's going on, too- Evan? Like, come on, it's, man. It's, it's multifaceted. It's multifaceted. We, dude, we, we all come from the same place. Like, I got into Bitcoin because of lightning. Like, <laughs> there you go. I didn't come in for liquid. I didn't come in for minting. 
I didn't come in for all these other things. Like I came in because of lightning. Lightning was cool, man. When did it become such a bearish thing to commit to? What's going on, man? I, I think a lot of people just have these like myopic views. They're just focusing on like very small things. They lack a lot of imagination about where things can go. But on the other side of the coin, there's a lot of people who had some understand misunderstandings rather of the limitations of lightning and others are there, who also are there limitations like, are there limitations let's be honest is there limitations with lightning yeah i mean of course I, I think we're still constrained by the blockchain and how many people we can onboard uh with bitcoin as it is um you know lightning is gonna evolve and grow and is gonna have to change for more people to get onboarded to it but beyond that like bitcoin l1 is going to have to change and i think that we're going to need covenants um and you know some other things too um i think the way that people get onboarded onto the lightning network and use it regularly is going to look very different than it does today and is also going to take many different forms um you know it kills me to say but there's almost always going to be custodians operating these lightning hubs and there's not much that we can do about that uh, except for try to make the self-custodial experience you know worth the cost of admission and i think that's like the largest thing about it it's like we saw this fee mania we saw blocks filling up we saw prices of onboarding to Lightning, at least with our you know existing LSBs, get very expensive. Um, and I think that's where a lot of the like mania beyond this phenomenon like stems from. And uh, you know it was sort of like a dry run where we got to see like a lot of stuff in action. Um. I think liquid, like you said earlier, was like one that really got highlighted. Like the Aqua wallet came out and people have for the most part really been liking their experiences on it and seems like a really cool alternative. But then we've got like a lot of people just amping up the cash stuff, um, which is really cool in a lot of ways. And, you know, has a lot of phenomenal people working on it. But for me, as like the self custody guy, it's is very hard to. Dude, I'm not giving up my Bitcoin. <laughs> it's, it's, I'm it's sorry, very dude, hard I'm to get not, excited about. Who's gonna do um, that? Like, who 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 in the right mind will give? Okay, here's my Bitcoin. Give me a token. Like, seriously, how are they gonna? How, yeah. Well, I mean, for for me, I'm thinking of it from like a couple of different angles, like. You know, we're realists in that we realize that and we, we accept that there's always going to be these custodians on Bitcoin. And obviously, um, like an eCash mint would have some strong benefits over something like Wallet of Satoshi or Albi today. Um, you know, namely user privacy and not being able to know who is making these payments that are going out your door. And, and that's sort of like an unconfiscatability of, of the tokens. 
even if the underlying asset for the tokens of Bitcoin can just disappear like that. It goes back to so trust. Like it, goes from, back so to trust me, it goes back to trust. Like, uh, it like who do you try? I mean, how much? I mean, maybe it is. Maybe it is just uh, you know, hundred, two hundred dollar. You know. Uh, yeah. Well. Well. That's that's yeah. definitely the part that you know. There's nuance to. You wouldn't want to trust your life savings in the mint, but for some spending money, if the conditions on the network are so that the cost of, of moving it is very cumbersome and high, then yeah, sure, that can make sense. But I don't see how I personally excite like- me. And 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 beyond that, car like how how does that make money, right? Like oh, you yeah. have a you oh, have yeah. flat fees for this stuff, but I mean, I mean yeah, we're talking about a user base that's not willing to pay the fees to open up Lightning channels. Yeah, what is so a you revenue think they're going to you think they're going to tolerate really high transfer fees? What is a revenue stream with that? I didn't even, that never even crossed my mind. <laughs> no, now it's just that like you mention it, yeah, what is a revenue right? stream? Is it just transaction fees? But if they're just mints or tokens, then we're, where's the revenue well, stream? I, I, don't, I, don't, I, don't, I don't understand uh, all the dynamics of or the nuances between, you know, the different implementations. But it seems like there's a room for revenue flows for both the, the creators of, of these specs or and protocols as well as... I can tell you where... For the operators of these mints to... I can tell you Operate, where but- I can automatically tell you where I think it's going to go. This is just me being being in the space for a really long time. Is you take that Bitcoin that is custodied and you go do loans on it. I mean, ah, uh, yeah. Well, you, yeah, get the yield, huh? Yeah, I mean that's that's where you that's how you make money on this. You make money on the yield. Uh, and, it's not. A, it's uh, then not we're a, back to fractional reserve banking, exactly. Right? But this time on on Bitcoin, exactly. Like, what are we doing here? Yeah, well, and this is where I, like, mean, I, I don't think we're right actually. I don't think we're actually having an honest conversation out there. I don't think we're actually having an honest conversation about what's actually going on here, right? Um, right, right. And, Some things have been muddied, and, and that's so for sure. It, it doesn't mean it doesn't mean that uh, you you build it and they they won't come. And that's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying let's be honest with what we're doing here. Like, did we work so hard just to get to 2024 to? to pull this off? Like, is this what we're doing now? Like, I don't know, man. I, I, I don't know either car. And, and like I said, like I have my predilections towards some approaches over others, but I, I will say that at the very least though, that I welcome, um, the experimentation and, and I tip my hat to people who are trying this, right. Cause there's fundamentally good stuff within these solutions, like namely the privacy and, and these blinded signatures and the improvement that these things have over the status quo. So in a lot of ways you can say, okay, we can't let perfect be the enemy of good. And this is progress. But on the other hand, we have to be honest with what the real trade-offs are and like, you know, like I said, like user education is, is paramount. And if your approach to trying to get more users to, to try something out is through obfuscating uh, the truth, then, you know, that that's a really murky path to go down and, and not one that I would want to go down. Um, right. And I think for me and the, the, you know, obviously I have no skin in this game. I, I mean, I'm just a Bitcoiner who runs a hub, so it doesn't matter what I think. 
But I, I will say, if people want to build on it, I want to help them build on it. They want to do this over here, I want to help them do, like whatever they want to do. I don't care. It's no, there's no there's no sweat off my back. But I know me as a Bitcoiner, I, I know with me and my audience, if I don't say this, like, was Car keeping it a hundred? Right. So I'm just right. trying to keep it a hundred. That's it. That's it. Anyways, <coughs> good on you though. Stay in the course. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's uh you know it's a fascinating one car like <laughs> who knows like am i, am I gonna say like you know there's e-cash is never gonna be in zeus like yeah maybe someone will, will put it in like we've had custodial backends in zeus before like l d hub you can go and use that hopefully to you know a friend or family member's note um but am i gonna say hey everyone should go get on these systems and not like uh illustrate the risk like that'd be really foolish yeah so we'll see if someone else wants to really maintain it in zeus i think that's like so you're op biggest. you're open to it you're just you're not going to be out there championing it as this like the next bitcoin or anything yeah yeah like it has risks it has systemic risks right it has risk to individuals right i, I think that those two facts are indisputable uh, for the business, I, I don't think it's like a huge driver of revenue. Like, what, what am I going to do? Go get registered as a bank and just be a Bitcoin bank? Like, no, that's not Zeus's mission statement. And then, you know, of course, just maintaining it. I think a lot of these systems are still in their infancy and a lot of stuff is being improved upon and iterated on. And uh, I really don't want to add that to my list of of tasks in maintaining Zeus. Zeus is about providing a great payments experience in a self-custodial way for users. And uh, that just doesn't line up hundred percent. Yeah. That's good. Um, let's, uh, let's, yeah, I, I don't, I don't want to take up too much of your time. We're coming at the top of the hour, but let's just run through some uh, rapid fire questions. If you're okay with that. Um, favorite, uh, Mars, favorite Mars Volta of all time album. Uh, Mars Volta album has got to be Frances the Mute. Dude, why is it uh, so good, dude? Why is that album it's, so oh, Man, it, it just takes you on a journey. And um, I think as, as great as the first album is, like The Louds is, is also phenomenal. It's probably their second best album. I think they really step into their, their selves in the second album. Um, the guitarist Omar, he starts becoming the producer. They say, Hey, Rick Rubin, you were great. You know, we learned so much from you. We, we made a masterpiece with you, but now it's our turn to do everything our way. Um, and just like the, the aesthetics of it, uh, all the different sounds, it captures all the different feelings. Um, and just like the experimentation, like you get that on vinyl and you, you hear the loops at the end of the disc and you're like, it's just next level. Um, they are some guys who really care about their craft and the attention to detail. Uh, and they push the envelope. They push the limit of what rock can sound like and all the different influences you can pull into it. And, uh, you know, obviously they're doing something very different than what I'm doing, but they are for sure very influential. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I love that album. I remember the first time getting it, you know, and just put on the headphones, stared into space and just the Cassandra Gemini on its own, dude. 
that track alone, um, it's, 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 it's mind altering the, yeah. What's uh, okay. Yeah. So that, yeah, we agree on that. Definitely. It's definitely my favorite. Uh, and it's, I feel like it gets more like over time. I feel like that album just gets better and also just more people respect yeah. it now, as opposed to back then. I, I remember at the time, like Rolling Stone was shitting all over it. Every, everybody was shitting. All over it. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. Everyone like, um, I think Pop Matters and Pitchfork, like no one liked yeah. it, but it was so good. And, and we were all watching like uh, Fuse and VH1 MTV and The Widow is just like chilling video with and just such a great song, you know? Yeah. Uh, and it just, there was just nothing like it at the time. Yeah. Just nothing like it. Yeah. Omar is one of my kind of heroes out there. Like I got Kubrick, you know, Cars Heroes, Kubrick. <laughs> I like Kobe and I like Omar, those three guys. Um, Kubrick, Omar, and Kobe Bryant. Yeah. Like <laughs> what a combo. Um, oh, man. Cool. What's, uh, what's one of, uh, I don't know if you do a lot of reading or not. I'm sure you do. What's, what's one of, what's one of, what's a great book that you've dived into, you know, the past 12 months or whatever that really kind of got you thinking a different way or something? Damn, that's a great question. Uh, so this year has been really perilous with the reading, with the responsibilities. Um, but one that's really been an eye-opener to me has been Juan C. Zarate's Treasury Wars. Oh, wow. And and this was recommended to me by my buddy, Matt Carallo. And uh, it's just all about all of the dirty tactics the Treasury Department deploys to wow. control the world, basically. So it's, right it's loaded now. with quotes. Um, it's definitely written uh, very well. It's it's a good read, and you know I, I would recommend Bitcoiners who are looking to either amp themselves out or, or give themselves great quotes for speaking appearances. <laughs> uh, it is it is phenomenal. So I, I would highly recommend this one. Um, that's amazing. Still poking at it, still jumping around back and forth. I definitely admittedly do not read as much as I used to. Um, but this one was something that, that really stood out to me and has, has really provided me with extra fuel and, and motivation uh, to do what I'm doing. And then the last question, what drives you, Evan? What, what drives you? To, drives me? What drives you to do what you want to do? Because you could be doing anything you want in a totally different industry where it'd be a lot easier to do it. So at the end of the day, what, what drives Evan to get up every morning and do what he does? Uh, I, I want to leave things better off than I left them. I want to uh, help empower people. Ultimately, I'm not going to be the one who does it directly, but I want to help give people the tools to empower themselves. And, you know, I, I just want to see a more... Um, I, I guess more equitable or a more fair world, uh, at least from the perspective of, uh, you know, finances. And I, I think that this is a message that really resonates right now is, you know, billions of people around the planet are really feeling the pressures of essentially, you know, really heavy government intervention in the last few years. So, you know, we need to be very uh, empathetic when we can, but now is a good of time as any to really echo our, our message and what we're trying to do here. 
I agree. Let's uh, level the playing field. Walk away now And you're gonna start a war